North Carolina A&T takes their home winning streak into the Big South. We have MEAC players to watch, and y'all know today is Feature Friday. Oh yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day. It's Friday. You're ready to wrap up your work week, and you kicked off that last day with me. Thank God it's Friday, and thank God you guys are checking in on to Locked On HBCU. Of course, I am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports Editor. I'm excited for today's episode, not just because it's Feature Friday, but because I was looking forward to this. I was hopeful. I was sitting there hoping. I was like, please, North Carolina a pull off this victory so I can come in and I can have this topic. So when I saw that they did pull off the victory, I was through the roof. In North Carolina a home winning streak in conference games, continues and it started off at 27 and now it's at 28 conference home games in a row the north carolina a men's basketball team has been victorious they have not lost a home game in the MEAC in their last three seasons there and they haven't lost a home game since bethune cookman knocked them off on february 27 2017 and i don't know what happened to that team on that day but they went into a whole new gear. It was like when Joe Burrow got hit in that, in that bowl game and he came out the next year and he was just the Heisman Trophy winner. It's like, you weren't that last time we saw you. He came out of that hit and balled out in that bowl game. It's like that's what happened to them because they had four straight losing seasons prior. They haven't had a losing season since. They haven't lost a home game since. They've been very dominant. Any game, whether it was in the MEAC and now the Big South, that was a home game resulted in North Carolina A&T being victorious. I know Aggie fans have to be sitting in the stands overlooking the game, feeling like, like a fisherman, just sitting on the grass in his little fisherman chair with his pole out, trying to catch some fish, you know, overlooking the cerulean blue of the, of the lake or wherever they're fishing at, and just feeling like, I got this, I'm relaxed. I am at peace right now because that is the level of confidence that the Aggies basketball team has instilled in their fan base. By the way, Cerulean word of the day. I'll be dropping these. I don't even know I'll be dropping them, okay? But the Big South is now where North Carolina A&T resides, and they had 27 coming in all in the MEAC. Now they have their first one against Presbyterian College. And this wasn't just their first home game within the Big South. This was their first game in the Big South as far as basketball goes, period. You know, the home streak is what makes this a story for me, but it's also a story in and of itself that, they won their first game within their new conference. So I think that's a big deal too. But this this victory was characterized by defense and it was characterized by resilience because they came into the game down four guards. I think it's tough enough to really beat anybody when you're down four players. Mind you, a lot of these guys have like 12 guys on the team. You know, it's not a lot of players in basketball that are on the team. So the rotation is very limited, but you had four players at the same position that were down, now you're really sitting there like, this could be a killer to have four guards down, okay? Point guards, shooting guards, right? I'm like, man, this could really be a killer. 
And it almost looked like it was going to be when the game first opened. They opened up at a 10-0 deficit. Presbyterian College rattled off the first 10 points of the game. And it's like, dang, so much for that cerulean uh, blue lake that we were looking over. It's time to start stressing. You know, he said, just be cool. Just be cool, okay? Um, and North Carolina NT responded to that 10-0 run with a 16-0 run of their own because that's when I feel like they really started kicking it in, both offensively and defensively. But like I said, it's characterized by defense and resilience. So what you think we're about to focus on right now? We're about to focus on the defense because you look at Presbyterian College when they first started off on that 10-0 run, they were 2 of 4 from three-point range. But now, after that 10-0 run, throughout the rest of the game, not just the rest of the first half, the rest of the game, they shot a measly 3 for 27 from three-point range. That means they hit on one of every nine shots from behind the arc for the rest of the game. It was terrible, and that lack of hitting from three really affected the Presbyterian um, offense because it's not as if they shot it poorly at two because they didn't. They actually made a good percentage of their shots that were two-pointers, but they took a lot of threes. They took 31 total threes. They only made five of them. Even when you include the little mini hot streak, if you want to say that right, two out of four at the beginning, making half of them, even then you only have a six that you made total. That's five of 31. And I'm real big on exact math. So that's not really a sixth, but we round it. I feel like I have to address it. When I don't do exact math, I feel like I have to address it. I don't know. Maybe that's just the nerd in me. I don't, I don't know, man. But the point is that they shot it really poorly from behind the three-point line, and it affected their offense. They didn't shoot it that poorly from two but they ended up shooting only 34% from the field overall. And that's because of the multitude of threes that they shot. And I think the Aggies should take a lot of pride in their defensive performance, not just because you forced a team to shoot 34% from the field, but because you had Rayshon Harrison, who came into this game averaging 17 points per game. He was the third highest scorer in, in the whole conference, in the Big South. He ranked number three. So you know there's a focus in the game plan when leading up to this game was, all right, we have to stop Harrison. We have to find a way to slow down Harrison. We cannot allow him to put up big points on us and beat us. And that's exactly what they did. And it's funny because he's kind of a microcosm or just a smaller example, so to speak, of the struggles of the offense as a whole. Because he had eight points, his lowest of the year. And he shot zero of eight from three-point lane. from the, uh, Not from three-point lane, from behind the arc. Behind the three-point line, excuse me. So when you look at it, that team, Presbyterian College, who struggled mightily from behind the three, and then their star player put up a lot of threes and wasn't able to make any of them. And I think you see a big reason on why North Carolina A&T was able to win this game. Offensively, I think a lot of praise should go into the direction of David Betty, Demetric Horton, because Betty stepped up in the fill of void of those absent guards, because when you got four guards out, somebody has to step up, right? Well, Betty's not new to this. And Coach Jones actually praised and credited Betty's experience playing before in other conferences and his amazing week of preparation on why he was able to step up and step to the plate and perform so well. But here's the thing. Anytime that he's gotten a good amount of playing time, he's delivered this season. So this isn't something that I was truly shocked about. He's put up double-digit points when you give him enough time. So this is kind of falling in line of how he usually performs. And then with Horton, he put up his second 20-point game of the season with 26 points. And that scoring outburst is what really helped the Aggies get over that hump 
And now from 27 to 28, the streak continues. I wish I could say the same about The Undertaker. I can't. But as long as this is living, I think I'll be okay. And North Carolina A&T's men's basketball team extends their streak of home conference wins from 27 to 28. They can't just do it in the MEAC. They can do it in the Big South too. And going forward, we're going to be talking about the MEAC. We're going back to their old conference. We're going to be talking about the MEAC and their players to watch because their spring or spring season, the conference side of their season, is starting up this Saturday, tomorrow. So I'm going to give you some people that you need to be looking out for. But first, let me tell you about my friends at GetUpside because I hate, I ain't going to lie, I really don't like driving. I do it a lot, but I don't really like driving. And I think the biggest reason I don't like driving, or at least the biggest deterrent to wanting to drive, is the fact that I have to get gas if I drive a lot. And nobody likes doing that. GetUpside makes it a little bit easier. Just a little bit easier with giving you 25 cents off of every gallon when you use the GetUpside app at select gas stations. No more dreading the pump. No more hating how high these prices are. Yeah, you probably still hate them, but at least you can bring them down a little bit. And if you use the promo code SCORE, then you get an additional 25 cents off per gallon on your first fill-up. That's 50 cents. That is 50 cents off of a gallon. I mean, look, I, I, if you drive, I don't even need, I don't think I need to explain it. If you drive, then you know. Use the promo code SCORE and get 50 cents off your first fill-up. 50 cents off per gallon. After that, you get 25 cents off per gallon going forward. This is exactly what you need. Get the Get Upside app and use the promo code SCORE. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new year and welcome you in to all the new opportunities that Bet Online provides. It's a new betting year, right? It's not just new year, it's a new betting year. We had a lot of New Year bowls. You had the college football playoffs. Come on now. We are marching into the playoffs. Only one more week of NFL action, and then we're into the playoffs. Put your money down. Who you got it on? We got some people just clinched. You putting your money on Joe Burrow? You putting your money on Patrick Mahomes? Do you think this is the year that Aaron Rodgers gets back to the Super Bowl? There's a lot of interesting possibilities, and you should be putting your money on what you believe because Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the best sports wagering in 2022. New year, new updated desktop. Go to the mobile website if you're on your phone listening to me right now. Do it as I'm telling you because you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On to start. I don't care if you like football or whatever your bag is, football, basketball, hockey, or just favorite Vegas casino games. They have everything for you, but don't wait. The season just started. It's just now 2022, but do not hesitate. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, family, as we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And we're going to be talking about some of our players to watch going into the MEAC basketball season. I didn't want to bring up people on the men's side like Joe Bryan Jr., Chris Bankston, because I feel like we've already mentioned them. And there's a lot of good players. Those guys are really good players. Don't get me wrong. But you won't hear them on this list because I've already kind of given them some showcase. And you can never give anybody too much shine, but... I just wanted to make sure that I am highlighting individuals that I haven't highlighted before because they also deserve it. And with this, you know, it's a list. Come on, people are going to get left off. And there's some people I really want to leave on, leave on. Leave on. There's actually one girl I really wanted to be on this list, and I'm going to mention her when we get to her. But um, let's get into it because Elijah Hawkins out of Howard is a three-time Freshman of the Week award winner to start the year. The first three weeks of the year, 
Elijah Hawkins was the freshman of the week. So I want to say that he's one of the best young players in the conference. Like I really do because I feel like he is. That's not wrong. But it almost feels like I'm underselling just how good he is. Is he one of the best young players in the conference? Technically, yes. Because he's one of the best players in this conference. And honestly, when I look at him, I said, man, you're in a bit of a shooting slump. I'll give you that. But you're more than a formidable player. You have enough attributes to be within a shooting slump, but still affect the game. Because right now, when you compare him to everybody within the league, he's the league, he's the seventh in the league in scoring, excuse me. But he leads the league in assists, what they say, by a country mile. I think that's what <laughs> I think that's what they say. I told y'all, man, it's Friday. I'm here to have fun. And I hope y'all having fun with me because we need that. All right. Maybe I need to bring this type of energy on a Monday when it's like it's sluggish. No, nah, we're gonna we're gonna do this. But you know, he leads the league in assists by a country mile. He has seven assists per game. The next guy could play six games at their current rate, and I think he would be within one. He still would need he would need seven games to take over as the assist leader total compared to Mr. Howard. I mean to Mr. Hawkins, excuse me. And it's crazy because in addition to that, he's the runner up for the most steals in the game. Per game, excuse me. He's ninth in points. So I said seventh early. He's ninth in points. That gives Howard three of the top 10 scores in the MEAC. So you know this is a, a team that can put points upon you, but we're not talking about the team individually. We're talking about Elijah Hawkins. And what he does is he's a great guy at getting, giving up a lot of assists. He's a great guy at getting a lot of steals. And he's going to put points on the board for you. Top 10 in scoring, okay? Then the next guy I want to talk about is Randy Miller Jr. out of North Carolina Central. And this is a player that I'll be keeping my eyes on because of the storylines. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's a very good player. But the conclusion to this story that he's on, this journey that he's going on, is what truly fascinates me because Miller was a North Carolina uh, Central player for two years. Then he transferred to Indiana State. Then after one year, he's right back at where it started. And it's like, okay, I view this kind of as a full circle type of deal. You are where you began. You know, you begin where you finish. It's kind of like that that veteran who played his whole career with a team. And then, you know, he left the team, whatever happened. And then he came back. Um, like, you know, I don't want to compare it to anybody because y'all understand that example. Just he came back to finish his career in the same place that it started. That's kind of what Miller's doing right now. Um, while here at North Carolina Central the first time. He was a pretty good player. He came on the scene with a good year that had him top 15 in scoring, mixed in a good blend of twos and threes because he was one of the best three-point shooters in the conference. This is his first year there. And then going into his second year, he was voted second team all MEAC. But in his second year, he got hurt. He only played a couple of games, so he wasn't able to get, you know, get there. Then he transferred out to Indiana State. He's back. Now, upon his, re his return... He's once again second team all SWAC or all MEAC preseason. Now, will he convert this time? What will his year look like now that he's back with the Eagles? So it's just something that I find interesting because I told you guys I love storytelling. So, you know, I love some storylines and just the idea of Miller Jr. Leaving and then returning. It's just a good storyline that I really enjoy. Now we go into the women's side because I'm only doing two and two. Oh, I wanted to do three for the women, but I decided not to just because I wanted to keep it even. I wanted to keep my format. If it's one segment, I'm going to do two for, to, uh, for the men's, two for the women's. 
Camilla Downs out of Norfolk State. Downs is the only player to get player of the week and defensive player of the week. And y'all know certain things get me. Like it's just certain things where it's like when I'm making this list, if I see that, you're going to be here. She actually shared player of the week with Aaliyah Lawson, who it was hard. I wanted to put her on the list, but I have a teammate on here later. And I just didn't want to do the same thing with two teammates. You know, I didn't want to do that this time. So I decided to just hold off a man. Lawson is a player that you need to watch out for. I'm just not going to talk about it. I guess I, I did my little two and a half. You know, that's my honorable mention. Um, but Downs being a force on both sides of the court is really what made her no-brainer to put this on the list. Um, I'm not saying that if you win those things, is an automatic bid because technically I left somebody off when I was talking about the CIAA. One of my guys did that. One of my guys didn't. Um, so I'm not going to say it's an automatic bid. But it will definitely get you a foot in the door and get you some serious consideration to get on the list. And she was seventh in three-pointers per game. Right now, excuse me, she is seventh in three-pointers per game. She's fourth in scoring, and she's fourth in steals. You pair that with the league award that she's gotten, and the fact that she's done it the last two weeks, man, you knew this was going to happen. You're a two-way player who's had awards back-to-back -back weeks going into conference play. You might as well have wrote your name down in pen, you were going to be on this list. Then the next person I want to talk about is Jaya Alexander out of Copen State. The Be More Bully. That's what they call it. The Be More Bully, man. I feel like I'm in like, like some like street, street basketball game, you know. Everybody, Jaya, the Be More Bully Alexander. I did that like I was Bruce Buffer. I want to give, matter of fact, I'm going to go back and I'm going to give everybody names. Um, Elijah Hawkins. A lot of assists, a lot of steals, sleight of hand, quick twitch, sleight of hand. Elijah's sleight of hand, Hawkins. Eh, okay. Randy Middler Jr. He's really, he can score twos and threes. Randy Downtown Millet, no. He just came back. He just came back, um... Return of the Mac once again. Return of hey, hold on. Randy, return of the Mac Miller. Return of the Miller. Hmm. Randy, return of the Mac Miller. Return of the Miller. We're gonna go with two on that one. I don't know. Camille Downs. Sorry for calling you Camilla. Uh, Camille Downs plays both ways. I'm really thinking here. Camille Deville. Camille like Corella Deville. She a dog. She she is a dog. She like the dog. Man, she a dog. I'm gonna go with Camille Deville. Camille Deville. So we got the b-boy bully, Camille Deville, return uh return of the Miller, and we got sleight of hand Hawkins. I like that. I like that. Y'all just roll with me on that one, okay? But Jaya Alexander to to bring it all back is the leading scorer in the SWAC or in the MIAC. Excuse me, the leading scorer in the MIAC, ninth in blocks and fifth in rebounds, and something that she's really worked on that we should be watching going forward specifically is kind of getting away from that bully aspect. She's so used to dominating in the paint, cutting towards the paint, but people started getting used to that and understanding what she was going to try to do. So she took the offseason and heavily worked on a jump shot and reading defenses so she no longer has to crash. So that's something specifically about her game that we should be watching going forward. And going forward, we're going to be talking about our feature Friday. It is Donald Driver, Alcorn legend, Black College Hall of Fame inductee in 2022, that is who our Feature Friday is about.
and I know that Donald Driver would be a big advocate of of Built Bar if we got him on here. We got to get Donald Driver some Built Bars uh, uh, locked on. That's what we got to do. We got to get Donald Driver some Built Bars so he can tell everybody that he needs to get them because these things are amazing for those who maybe even be on the fence. Like, do I really want to start eating healthy? It's hard to start. But Built Bars are the perfect jump off point where you're having something that is delicious. It has chocolate and maybe even trick you into thinking it's unhealthy. But the truth of the matter is... It doesn't have much but four grams of sugar, four net carbs, but it's giving you 17 grams of protein. You compare that to a candy bar that's going to give you 30 grams of sugar and a lot of net carbs and none of the protein. You're getting the same amount of taste with way more benefits. So here's an idea. You're going into the new year. You're trying to get rid of those stashes because you want to eat healthier. It's your new year's resolution, right? I want to be healthier. Then go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your offer to get something that's delicious and healthy and will keep your New Year's resolutions from falling off. All right, families, we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. We're closing out with our Feature Friday. We do this every week where we just highlight and showcase something HBCU related, whether that is a person, an event, a time, anything, right? Anything HBCU related that I feel like just needs to be showcased, they get its own segment. doesn't have to be current or anything of the sort. And today we're going to be talking about Donald Driver, one of the best wide receivers in Packers history, and an Alcorn State alum. All that, while also just being a great man. A lot of people know Donald Duke and the Driver, right? I remember hearing Chris Berman say that. It was phenomenal. I thought it was Donald Duke and the Driver. I don't know why I'm in this whole call and nickname thing today, but I am. But a lot of people know him for being that and also for being a Green Bay legend because that's what he is. He's a Packers legend. He's the leader in franchise history in receiving yards, the leader in franchise history in receptions, and he won a Super Bowl while being there too. And I once heard a story that when he retired and he did his send-off, it was like, below zero and i don't know if it's just the texas in me but i'm not standing below zero to to show love and, and send off to anybody okay if it's below zero i'm in the crib all day but these packers fans they showed out by the dozens by the hundreds by the thousands just to come out and show respect and to give a proper send off to donald driver that tells you what kind of player he was on the professional level but he's also an alcorn state legend because driver played three seasons at alcorn between 96 and 98, he got drafted in 99 in the seventh round by the Packers. But in that time span, he caught 88 passes for 1,093, or excuse me, 1,933 yards and 17 touchdowns. It didn't all come right away. It didn't. His first year was okay. His second year was decent. He built up to it. You know, he had like 200 yards and a touchdown his first year. Then he went to 500 or so yards and six touchdowns in his second year. So you see him starting to grow. But in that third year is when he really just hit the ground running and broke out because he had over a thousand yards that year. He had 10 touchdowns that year, but it wasn't just on the football field that he was really succeeding and he was striving. He actually was a two sport athlete. And some might say that his, his track and field was right there with football. But when you look at his achievements in track being able to qualify for the Olympic trials is not easy. It's not at all. So he went on to become a 
great NFL player, but one could argue he really had a future in track if that's what he chose to do. Now, post his athletic career, because yes, he went for the Olympic trials. Yes, he became a Green Bay legend after already being an Alcorn legend. He's top 10 in yards for that school in history. All of that aside, oh, I forgot to even mention, he was the athlete of the year five times in college. He was there three years, played two sports, so that's six opportunities to be the athlete of the year. He won five times. That is crazy, and that showcases just how good he was as an athlete. But as a man, you see a guy who's an extremely generous person and always trying to help people because he has the Donald Driver Foundation. And within this foundation, he has a care focus specializing in serving underprivileged children and families, health and wellness and safety, and education and career development. Those are his three focuses. You look at the underprivileged children and families, that comes from his upbringing and sometimes the lack of stability and, and growing up how he grew up in Houston, Texas and feeling like, oh, now I have an opportunity. I can give back. And they had a funny slogan on, on the, on the uh, or an insightful slogan. I don't want to call it funny because it wasn't humorous. It's not that kind of funny. But it was kind of a coincidence, rather, that $80, which was his number, 80, $80 can feed students from 30 for 38 weeks through the school year on the weekend and that it's just it's just great little 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 things like that is where you really see him out there making a difference and making sure and trying to help people from struggling and he, he gives out scholarships for those going to college he does everything within the community that's a big thing for him you can tell health and wellness we'll get into that in a second education and career de development i think that kind of speaks for itself just the idea of education, like knowledge is power. And he's making sure that people are educated, career development, helping people succeed because that's what we need, right? They have a big slogan. We don't give handouts, we give hand ups. And I love that slogan for him. And then as far as the health benefits go, he's a trainer. You know, and he builds his mantra on the three Ds. And those three Ds are simple. Well, not really to get done, but they're simple when saying them. The determination to eat for weight loss the discipline to achieve high-intensity muscle-building workouts, and the drive to push yourself to be your best. That last one can really be grueling because it's easy for the mind to feel like, oh, I got to quit. I need to quit right now. Um, you know, not to be captious, but I feel like he could add a fourth D in there, and that is digest built bars. I told y'all, locked on network. We need to send my guy Donald Driver some built bars. Matter of fact, we need to get Donald Driver on the show. That's what I want to do. I want to get Donald Driver on the show because he was just inducted into the Black College Football Hall of Fame. And he is a great guy. I want to talk about his Alcorn career, his Packers career. I want to talk about his foundation and everything going into that. And I want to ask, what will it take to get him to add that fourth D to the list? Digest built bars. Um, but overall, you see this. You see this guy who has succeeded professionally. He has succeeded collegiately. Post-career, he has succeeded. He has helped the community, which is probably a greater effort than anything he's ever done on the field. I'm sure he would agree to that as well. He's helped that. And even now he has a book. He trains people in Dallas. He's always giving back. So I, I think that this was a guy that was perfect to highlight. And I think his induction into the black college football hall of fame, or at least the announcement that he will be inducted was just the perfect timing to bring him up on our feature Friday. And I appreciate you guys making us your first listen of the day. And you know, as we're going forward, it's Friday. It's going to be Saturday tomorrow. Y'all enjoy your time fully as you have the weekend. And I'll be back to holler at you guys on Monday. 
And hopefully we'll be talking about Isaiah Land winning the Buck Buchanan Award. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed, right? But for your second listen today, make sure you're checking out Locked On Bets. It's free and available on all platforms. Your boy Q, Lee Sterling, they're here to give you advice and insight to make you money. It's free and it's going to add some zeros to your pocket. This the, the decision is simple. Go to Locked On Bets and visit it right now for your second listen of the day. And y'all know where to find me in the meantime, in between time, on that blue app, that bird, yes, Twitter, at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.